I'm over here now. Pardon the interruption, no need for introduction. It's the drunken monk. Turn this shit up a little something. I'm bucking, up in smoke, sipping Bacardi till I'm giving my car keys to Jimmy Ferrari. And we out, about to go jump in a mosh pit full of hundreds of hot chicks saying something obnoxious like, I gotta put my foot in your ass permit. When I'm done, I'll cook you in a Brooklyn blast furnace. We're fucking rolling, Scott. All right, you got me mid-stir. Mid-stir? Scott Vogel, legend? <laughs> I knew you would do that. You did that. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I mean, this is also going to go out as audio as well, so I have to sometimes talk like, like someone's not watching. Um, so, yeah. Cheers. Oh, cheers, coffee. What kind of mug you got there? Um, Philadelphia. My my girlfriend's from Philadelphia, so this was probably when she moved here. She brought it. Very nice. You you you're gonna abuse me. You know what my mug is? You ready? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna lose hardcore cred right now. You ready? Yeah. Motley Crue, motherfucker. That's okay. I got no problem with that. <laughs> I saw Motley Crue in like uh, the Theater of Pain tour. They opened no. I think Y&T opened for Motley Crue where the Sabres played the Memorial Auditorium. So, Are you a Motley Crue fan from way back, Scott? Oh, yeah. I, really? I, I got into them on Shout at the Devil. I don't think I was in on Too Fast for Love. Me neither. Same thing. That was actually, I've told this before, but I never thought I would have a Motley Crue conversation with you, but I'm all in, man. What, you um, think I was born with a Mad Ball CD stuck in my head? Maybe, or maybe like a cold as life T-shirt on. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, dude, I had, um, I was like eight or nine years old and I had like this girl who was like supposedly like a babysitter and she would like just watch me, but she would like smoke pot and like leave me alone anyway. But she had like, she was like my turning point as far as like whatever I was listening to in the house as a kid you know, it was like all the old stereotypical, you know, Led Zeppelin, Sabbath, stuff like that in the house. But then in her house, she had the record for Shout at the Devil and Twisted Sister Stay Hungry. Yeah. And those were the two things I was like, yo, like these, these guys are crazy. You know what I mean? Eight years old pentagrams and shit. So That's Shout at the Devil literally like changed my whole fucking course, bro. That's a lot of makeup on dudes on the cover of those two records. Holy shit. Oh, that, oh my God. Bro, <laughs> th- doesn't D. D Snyder looks like what's her face? That's terrible. Um, um, I, I saw some... Who the fuck was it? I think it was Craig from Boston, from, from AF and, and uh, Wrecking Crew and stuff. I think he posted recently the um, Kiss Alive 2. LP. Okay. And it was like one of his early records. And I commented that that's the first record I ever myself bought at a garage sale when I was really? I don't know, like young, young. And yeah. then from there, my mom's boyfriend at the time gave me the first two Black Sabbath records on vinyl, which was life changer. Of course. And then, you know, from there, I got into like ACDC back in black. And I, I think I bought the Iron Maiden. Great. Uh, Live After Death, uh, double cassette. 
Yep, that was me. That was my first. That was my first maiden record ever. Was live after death. Me too, maybe. Yeah. And then, um, I think just because you know, so I'm kind of into metal at the time. But then those hair metal bit. I don't know. Is is Motley Crue hair metal? I don't know. Yeah, dude. Yeah. People so that, people want to say that, like the first record had like some punk rock in it. I don't fucking buy it, bro. So that whole thing hit MTV hard, and just as a young kid, like I got into all that. But yeah. uh, Shout of the Devil was one of my favorites. Rat Out of the Cellar. That's hair metal, dude. Steven <laughs> Pearcey is hair metal. <laughs> I saw them too. I saw Bon Jovi open for Rat at the, the auditorium in Buffalo, and yeah, that's what I was into. And then um, my brought my stepbrother, who. Um, I lived with my mom. His mom, his mom married my father after my mom and dad got divorced. So right. uh, he was, I was living like way out in the suburbs of Buffalo. He was a little more in the city and probably had a better jump on the pulse of underground shit. So he mm-hmm. first got me into like UTFO and Houdini and Run DMC. And Beautiful. After that, he got really into punk, which. I never fully got into punk, but that brought me to to hardcore in, let's say, 87. And now it's, you know, 5,000 years later, and here we are. (laughs) Yeah, I went the same way, because there's there's, people always say that you can get into into hardcore through the punk way or the metal way. You got into the metal way. I would say I got into it through the punk way, because of my brother. But I didn't embrace the punk way. Me but neither. I never, never did. He was in Not that really. shit too. So the metal way got him to the punk way, which got me to the hardcore way. Got you. Ruined all of our lives. So fuck it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I say this all the time. I blame Eddie Leeway. I blame Eddie for my whole for for, for how I turned out. Well, all the time. I see him. I let him know. Yeah. That's the his, ultimate his, crossover. That that's exactly how it happened. I saw Leeway by accident open up for Suicidal at Lemoore's in Brooklyn in like late 89. So I was into, I was like all into like the thrash and stuff like that. And of course, Suicidal. So it was White Zombie, Leeway, Suicidal Tendencies. And I had heard of Leeway, but I had never seen them live. And I never even heard them. And they came on and, you know, just like I, everyone else does, like, you know, you have these huge top tier metal bands that are in arenas and on these stages and looking above the crowd and shit. And then, you know, in a small club like Lemoore's, you know, you have White Zombie at the time. They looked like a whole bunch of homeless people. And then, and then Eddie came on and it's just like AJ Novello, he's wearing a Yankee hat. He has like a shaved head. Here's Eddie Leeway who weighs 70 pounds. You know, there's no gimmicks. There's no fucking spikes. There's no nothing. And they opened up with Rise and Fall, and I saw that place erupt, and I was like, holy shit, what is this? <laughs> and then, like, two days later, I went to this little local music store called Ciro's CD Cellar. It was right across the street from my junior high school, and I bought Born to Expire and AF Liberty and Justice for. And that was it. The two perfect, from metal into hardcore, those two crossover records are, like, the perfect segue, I think. And even, the, like, the, the AF band photo on that's very long hair so the music is right on the cusp of hardcore metal and even the yeah. look but it's crazy there's something about the grittiness of the back picture i look at that today and look at that back picture it's just 
It's just hard. I don't know what it is about it, but it's Which one? AF or leeway? AF. Oh, the leeway one too. They're they're like they're in the van on a gas can. On a gas can <laughs> in the back of a van. Yeah, it's great. I love that shit. But the back of that that Liberty and Justice record oh. is crazy. And Raw just sounds like he's possessed in that record. He's got crazy long hair, right? Yeah. Up until yeah, up until after. Then they came out with one voice. After that, he still had the hair. And then they came out with the, the technically the second live at CBGB's, which was Last Morning. And then that's when they broke up for a couple of years. That's when Madball started. And then when they came back with Something's Gotta Give, Roger had his shaved head. Yeah. Actually, his hair was like Manic Panic Red. <laughs> I saw one time uh, my old band Despair played a festival in Europe. And I'm so excited to see AF and Roger. Like, I, I don't know him at all at the time, but he, I see him get off their bus. He's got a Adidas full tracksuit on, which looked really cool and bright pink hair. And I was like, I, I, I don't want to be like a judgmental dick, but I was like, he's got pink hair. What the fuck? Well, yeah. <laughs> so, here's why I got my hat on. Cover this thing up. Yeah, I, I won't even. I, I showed you before we started recording, but I got a reputation to hold up. I'm not showing my hair on this. My hair is this is the longest my hair has been in like uh, years. Jesse yeah. from Stick to Your Guns came to my house yesterday. He's the first person I've seen in a month because he, he had my girlfriend. Uh, she's a like does florist stuff, so she put together a, a bouquet for him for to give to his friend, uh, a friend for her birthday or something. And uh, he came over and he's like, "I've never seen you with hair." I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> Well, as a matter of fact, I like earlier today because I, 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 I'm still working, which is good, but it's every other day. But but there's nothing to do at work because there's nobody in the building. So I just basically sit there to make sure that the place don't burn down. So I had bought the DVD when it first, first, first came out, but it's on YouTube and I watched The Living Proof again. Oh, shit. And your hair is long, bro. Is it really? You got hair. Like, th like this? It's a little bit like this. You got like a little, it's like a little waterfall happening, maybe a little yeah, bit. That's what I want to see if I still got enough left to, to get back to that. I, I think you can. You had, you had like, you know, you had a hand do a little bit. Well, we'll see. I got some bald, more bald than I was then. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a long time. I forgot like Busky was in the band at the time and shit like that. Like that was in between what? One for the underdogs and always the hard way you guys put that out. We definitely did it while we we're recording one of the records, maybe always the hard way. Because I know a yeah. lot of it's a studio where we like go in the van and look at how dirty it is and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like fat yeah, you look you were like, why is there there's like faxes and paper plates and shit? <laughs> yeah. Aaron was in the studio. Aaron Death Threat was in the studio doing the little collaboration. Yeah, dope. Another great fucking band. Yeah, man. So how where are where are you right now? You're in Cali? I'm in my kitchen, Burbank, California, which is like Los Angeles. Okay. How is it out there with this whole fucking epidemic debacle? Um, I, I haven't left Burbank, so I can only speak for here. Um, right. You know, at for, like right out my, my window. So when I sit on my couch and watch TV, which I do a lot right now, I do that a lot when I'm home anyways. I, we have a plaza that I can see. It has a Starbucks, a CVS, a supermarket, a Mike's Giant Sub. So at first, I was kind of bummed. Like, why are there so many people out? Why? Like, at first, I, I got back. We were we were on tour with uh, Magnitude, Kublai Khan, and uh, 
um, restraining order. And uh, this is when everything really got really serious. And I think in terror, we were kind of knew we were on tour and probably downplaying it, but probably some of us or all of us were like, man, maybe we should go home as soon as possible, like get the fuck yeah. out of here. But in true terror fashion, we just finished our shows. Um, the last two shows were uh, Cleveland and Cincinnati, and, and we were kind of getting some phone calls. The shows might get canceled. They might not. They, they didn't, so we did the shows. I was just really happy once I got on a plane because I was scared like they were going to shut down flying and shit. I, I didn't know. So I got home, and uh, like I said, at first, you know, I'm a big guy and I'm not doing it now. Uh, I'll get to that. I'm a big guy. Like every day I, I wake up, I'm, I'm big on like turning the news on and watching the news and just seeing what's going on. And before that, it was a lot of politics, but obviously now it's just all Corona, 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 which I'm not doing because I don't want to freak out. So no, um, you'll, drive your, you'll drive yourself fucking crazy. Uh, all I'm watching is comedies. In the morning, I'm watching Martin or uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or hey, or uh, uh, King of Queens. Like, I'll put okay. my clothes on. And then at night, like, my girlfriend, like, I'll, uh, we, you know, we live in a one-bedroom apartment, and we've honestly been getting along really good. But she's kind of taken the bedroom, and I've got the couch when we need our alone. Like, it's like, dude, I've been around you all day, every day. Like, I'm right. Not. So, um, and at night, I'll I'll put on, like, Anchorman for the 50th time. She knows it just by the intro. And she's like, Are you I'll hear from the other room? Are you seriously watching this again? I'm like, Yeah, I need to laugh. Gotta do something, man. So um yeah, but so looking out the window, I was kind of like, you know, but as time went on and the the insanity or maybe the the threat became more apparent to everyone. I I live in an area um you know, I, I live in an apartment, but it's mostly all houses and families around here. So it's not really that crowded, but you've definitely seen the slow decline of cars on the street. You, you saw first the decline of people going in and out in those stores. And now everybody like I, I'll go for a walk or a bike ride every day. And I rode my bike yesterday with no mask. And I felt like, dude, should I have a mask on? Because everyone had masks on. But I know I'm, I opened my garage. I go on my bike. I don't touch anything. No one's right. gonna cough in my face. So right. maybe I should. But but basically, everyone in my area is pretty smart. Like uh, the only places I'll go are on a bike ride or a walk. Um, I had to go to a post office a couple times, and right there, there's the supermarket and uh, CVS. So it's really all I've done. Do they have, are they like, cause I know here, I mean, I'm in, I'm in the middle of Brooklyn and I'm surrounded by people and this is like the hot New York city is like the hot zone for this shit. Do they have, are they forming lines outside and letting a certain amount of people in over the, there? The, the, the Starbucks right here is super strong about that. The supermarket and the CVS, I don't think are, but whole foods definitely is. I haven't gone there, but my girlfriend went there once or twice. Um, the Target definitely is. These are all places that we've gone in the last month. It's not like, I mean, we're some days we don't leave at all. Yeah, I got it. We're trying to do as little as possible. But uh, the Trader Joe's, uh, we went up there once and the line was, they said, over an hour long. So I, I didn't want to deal with 
like even no, be how no. yeah but for the most part they are the only place the only place that i've felt uncomfortable is like the supermarket and you know it's just like i mean 90 percent of the people in there had masks and gloves on but it's yeah. just like i you know i just I don't want to deal with sickness. So. Yeah, I don't want to deal with that shit either, man. But it's yeah. like, what are you gonna do? You gotta like. Also, first when this hit, we could we could order like a delivery from Whole Foods, but now I'll look like thirty times a day, and it's like no, no times, no times, no times, no times, no times. Wow. So it's like everyone caught on to that. So it's for fucking crazy times, man. How you holding up as far as not touring and playing? Because I know you're a fucking you're a machine as far as touring. Well, to be honest. I I mean we were on tour. What's today? Today's like what? So, I don't even know, dude. Like I don't know. The thirteenth, Monday the thirteenth. So less than a month ago, we were on tour. So I am at, like, I am in no way itching to play a show. I mean, I'll I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'm I've been on tour for the last eighteen years. Yeah. And when we're on tour, I'm around people every minute of every day. We're in the van together. We're at the show. There's people backstage. You know, if there is one at a terror show, there's four bands. Right. And then we'll go to the hotel. Terror's lucky enough. We get two hotel rooms, but that's still three dudes in a room. So when I and, at, at you know, I just turned 47. So at my age, when I get home, I'm not trying to go to a bar. Right. A party, a fucking coffee shop with someone like I'm a total hermit anyways. Yeah. So I don't mind anything, but you know, like I usually I'll wake up and have a list, like ask my girl, we'll go to Target together and then I'll take a walk by myself and then I'll go run go to the post office and she'll do this and do that and then we'll have dinner together and, and that. But like being cramped together where you're scared to leave your house is fucked up. It's fucked up. Yeah. The biggest thing is like people in new york like people everywhere but you know people in new york that's super scary yeah oh you know, i worry about my brother he's got two daughters and a wife and like is he in new york he's in buffalo okay so he's up there okay yeah, yeah i mean it's crazy i mean i mean i said it a couple of times but it's first i'm saying it to you but you know a few weeks back me and my girl like i i work in the middle of manhattan i work on 45th and vanderbilt avenue in in, in the city like three blocks from Times Square. And when I get out of work at five, six o'clock, it's peak rush hour. So a few weeks back, she met me in the city and we walked down to Times Square. And dude, it's like, did you ever see Vanilla Sky with Tom Cruise? No, I know. I know it, but I, 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 never, right, seen well, the, I never seen the whole entire thing. I might've seen it, but the very beginning sequence, he it's a dream sequence and he wakes up and he gets in his car and he drives all the way down. He's going down Central Park West. And then he hits Times Square. And there's literally no one there. And they really shut down Times Square to film that scene. And there's no one there. We went there and it wasn't too far from that, dude. It's fucking bizarre. It's like I Am Legend type shit. There was like maybe a dozen people in where the ball drops, dude, in the middle of rush hour. There's like 12 people. There's a couple of cars. I'm in the middle of this... The, the middle of the street at a cross section in Times Square in the capital of the world, just taking pictures, not even worried about cars coming. Bizarre, dude. Fucking Crazy. weird. Crazy. But I mean, you know, as much as it's for a terrible reason, it's it's great. No one's fucking 
walking around and chilling out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, where is it? And you know, what's even fucking crazier. Everybody also asks where the homeless people go. Like there's no homeless people. It's like, I saw like this one dude that I see all the time. He's still there, but for the most part, no homeless people before this happened. There's homeless people everywhere. I don't know where the fuck they all went. No idea. It's very weird. Think about the position they're in. Jesus Christ, man. Oh, my God, dude. Thank God, man. It's, I don't know, man. But hopefully, I mean, as far as, like, shows and, and events, I mean, you want to go to a ball game, you want to go even to a movie theater or, or a show, whether it's a small hardcore show or something like, like, this is hardcore. Like, when is that going to be able to come back to full effect? I mean, like, uh, where thousands of people can get together again. Vitalo from Backtracks Cares Manager. And I've, I've briefly like said, what do you think? And he's given me his opinion, but it's just like, like for me, like, I, like I said, I'm, I'm in no way bugging out. Like I need to, I would love to go to a show and see my friends, but in no way am I like, Darren needs to play a show right now. I'm not like that. I, I, I could play, I could take a few months without playing before I like, when I got, when I got my surgery, I was like, it, it feels good not to play. Um, yeah, I always say my favorite shows are ones I go to and don't have to play because then there's All no right. thinking, no times, no nothing. But yeah, um, obviously I'm worried about how the fuck am I gonna if nothing's coming in from playing and I got to pay my rent and pay this and pay that and pay everything like that's yeah. super scary. But I mean, me and my girl are healthy. My family, yeah. as far as I know, is healthy. So Same here. my biggest problem is I have to sit in this apartment and watch TV. It's not too bad. But you think about like homeless people or like I knew like in, in my area, it's, you know, I could go outside right now and take a walk and avoid everyone. There's no way I, I could cross the street when someone's coming at me. There's really nobody out there for the most part. So I'm able to walk and ride my bike. But I think about like New York, like it's very you know like yeah but it's crazy i mean there's a couple every once in a while there'll be a group of people here and there but cops are breaking people up you know what i mean i I think people for the most part are obeying the rules because it's very sparse when it comes to people especially here like i live around a million people and i go outside there's maybe a couple of people walking around nothing everyone's cooped up when you look at death tolls in, in different states and cities every day, there's hands, thousand yeah. people dying a day. You're just like, okay, I, I don't want to die, so I'll just fucking kind of chill out, you know? Yeah. Oh, but I'm sure there's people that are like, fuck it, it can't get me. I'm bigger than this, and I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm 44. I'm not, I don't have the 19-year-old invincibility yeah. thing I'm on that. I'm 47. It was funny. My girl, my girlfriend's uh, 30 or 30, I think 30 or 31. And she, like, weeks ago, we went to Target. She looked at me. She's like, I understand if you want to, you want to stay outside. I'll go in. You're pretty old. I was like, mother. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, okay, stay outside. <laughs> uh huh. That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Well, did you have anything like scheduled, like any tours or anything before yeah. this all hit? We were supposed to be in Europe right now. Uh, April 1st, we were supposed to fly to Europe and do like a three-week tour. And we kind of, 
you know, when everything started getting crazy, and that's when Europe was the hot spot. Yeah. That we call it. Um, hot spot, hot zone, probably whatever you want, whatever. So we were kind of all under the impression there's no way this is going to happen. And I personally didn't really want to play more shows. So yeah. uh, for safety reasons. And um, that got canceled. We we had a tour that was really coming together that was supposed to be in late May and June. That's now, you know, we just said. Yeah. Exit. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we were talking about doing Sound and Fury and this is hardcore. So kind of everything now is just like up in the air. I know that Joe announced he's doing this is hardcore. Um, yeah. So I don't know where that's at. Like, I, I really told Vitalo, like, let's just, like, not talk about terror all the time. Because usually we're talking, like, let's do this, let's do that, let's do this, let's do that. And yeah. now it's just, it's so, you're so handcuffed, you kind of got to just wait and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I hope it happens. But even if it, do, if it does happen, which I hope it does, because I go to this hardcore every year. It's it's not gonna it's probably not gonna be at the electric factory with all those because it's gonna be there's, there's most likely I'm I'm not talking like I know anything I'm just opinions just opinions but they, there's got to be some sort of restrictions on amount of people that get together and shit and something like this is hardcore at the electric factory on a Saturday night. If, you I, know, wonder, I wonder if outside is better than inside. I have no idea. You know. But what are we gonna all do? We're all gonna mosh six feet away from each other. <laughs> Man. outside i i i uh busky hit me up and uh i don't want to blow up his spot but he's he's putting together something and sent me a flyer like a a zine and he sent me a flyer from a, a, a old buffalo show that i booked and it was like the first time earth crisis came to buffalo and i was telling this story like uh about the show that um earth crisis got on stage and got their shit together and like right before they're about to play like I'll say 20 Syracuse straight edge kids all came out and were on both sides of the stage with masks on and hoods oh, up. And then they hit the first note and they went into the pit. And I was thinking, like, is that what it's going to be like now? Everybody? It might be. That'd be pretty hard. That'd be pretty crazy. That'd be nuts. Oh, man. What, what is it? What, what, he's going to send you his zine and attitude exhumed, the thing with the thing that he does? Uh, or is it an old zine? He's doing something new, and I don't want to put it out there because I don't know okay. how it's going to work. No, and I actually cool. don't know enough to give you the info. But he's doing a new zine and asked me to write something for it. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, he, he does a lot of uh, cool logos and all that stuff. And, yeah, he hooked me up. He was on, he was on the podcast. Yeah, I was in his back. Yeah, yeah, we were in the backyard and shit. You hear, like, his little waterfall and his pool in the background all serene and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, great, great, great guy to hit that busky. But um, yeah, he does a lot of like good logos. Like he did um, because I'm wearing the done deal thing. He did the Broad Street Breakdown. Fucking oh really? I didn't know that. Logo. Yeah, the Broad Street Breakdown logo. I know busky did. He did a lot of stuff for Vinny. You know, Jedi Mind Trick shit. He's still one of my go-to's when I need something for artwork done. Like a busky? lot of times I'm yeah. not involved in that because I'm not Mr. Art at all. But he's. Him and Guab from Syracuse are people like, dude, if, and Martine from Terra, I'm like, if you have time, could you please do this fast for me? And they're like, usually they're like, yeah, oh God. <laughs> nice. Well, if you ever get in a bind, ask me, I'll hook you up, because that's one thing that I'm, that I'm decent at doing is Photoshop and all that shit. Nice. Just hit me up. I'll, like, I don't give a shit. Like, 
you heard me. I can hardly even download Skype, so I'm so bad. <laughs> Listen, I'm glad, I'm glad that you called me because you gave me your number, and I'm trying to figure out how to video call the number. I'm looking up Scott Vogels. It's like fucking 22 Scott Vogels. I'm like, I don't know. I'm glad you called me, or else it would have been a whole fucking fiasco. Yeah. I uh, I'll Also, too, I'll have these great brainstorms of shirt designs. In my head, they're great. And yeah. I'll draw them out and take a picture and send it to these dudes. And the, they probably are just like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? Shit. Now, back to that old Buffalo, what was it, Syracuse, where you just said that Earth Crisis played? It was in Buffalo, but it, uh, but Syracuse and Buffalo are only two, half, two maybe two and a half hours away. So that, okay. I grew up in Buffalo, and I, it, it was Shelter, Resurrection, Earth Crisis. Fuck, uh, my old band Cinderblock that I was in a little bit. That and um, I think Evergreen Garrett from Texas, the reason the old band. So I booked the show, and I, uh, he just wanted me to tell a story about the show. Nice. Like now, what was your first, first, first band? First band. Like the ones that I don't want to talk about. Yeah, because there's always people that have those bands they don't want to talk about, and I need to know what they named, what the name was, because it's probably something cheesy. The first one. Let me give me one second to think. <laughs> I think it was called the No Names. Okay. And uh, this was me, my brother. I was on drums. My brother, I think, was on bass, and it was kind of like. We lived in in the, the suburbs of Buffalo, and it was kind of like other suburban punk kids. And uh, if you ask me what it sounds like, I can't even I can't even begin to tell you because I can't remember. So I would say no. Did you didn't record anything? I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so it was No Names first, and then Lost Cause was okay. the next band I did, which was similar but more uh maybe better a little better and okay. then slugfest i think okay fuck i feel like i'm leaving one out but maybe not despair was after that we did it was slugfest where does cinderblock come into play uh slugfest time but th th this was very um very minimal maybe play actually the band started without me it was two singers it was tim the drummer of Slugfest, who went on to be the drummer of Snapcase. Okay. It was it was a, like a wannabe quicksand, so it was like love quicksand, like, kind of like Hep Me Too, one of my favorites. Heavy but driving, but a little bit of uh, melody, and it was attempting to sing a little bit. And him and another friend of ours named Tom were the two singers. Uh, I don't know what happened with Tom if he quit or got kicked out, and then they asked me to be the second singer. And there is a demo, it's four songs, and I would suspect the music is really good, that Tim's singing is decent, and my singing is probably atrocious. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. My best guess. Okay. <laughs> so that and was, then I would say the Cinderblock altogether played, I'm going to guess, five shows, with two of them with me, three of them with Tom. A four-song demo and it was over. Some something like that. Um, now, I got, now I gotta go digging. Now I gotta go hear it. I'm definitely digging. After that uh came um 
I played drums in Against All Hope a little bit with um, who's an amazing underrated Buffalo band that kind of sounds like it's going to sound crazy, but a, 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 uh, if the Descendants got <laughs> if the descent, put together the Descendants and Iron Maiden and maybe a little bit of Dag Nasty. Well, that's something. <laughs> Dude, super good, though. Super good. Okay. I, I played drums in them in a little while. Definitely wasn't a good enough drummer. I don't know why they had me. Um, I also then maybe Despair started, I would say then. And then I played drums in a band called Fade Away. And I will just reiterate again, I'm not good at drums. So that was the end of my drumming. Despair broke up right into Buried Alive. Buried Alive broke up. I moved out here and terror started and holy shit. Never imagined shit. it could last this long. <laughs> no shit. I guess I, I did a couple other things in the meantime, like projects and stuff, but we'll be free. We'll be free. Fucking did great. I'd like, I'm sure a lot of people would like to see something new from that from you guys. It's, it's done. We got five songs all done. Five songs recorded. The layout's done. It'll be coming out on Rev pretty soon. Um, oh, no shit. Also, two brand, two new Buried Alive songs are done. They're coming out on a 7-inch on um, Bridge Nine, which is really cool because I haven't done anything with Bridge Nine since the early terror stuff. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I'll give you the insane exclusive right here. All right. Uh, something really weird happened to me yesterday. No, maybe three days ago. I'm sitting on my couch and my brother texts me and he's like, so if uh, you, I know you're home a lot right now. And if you got some free time, I still have these two Slugfest songs that me and Tim recorded. I was like, what? Yeah. This is all text. I was like, what? And he was like, so with Slugfest, we broke up in like 92, 93. And then we did a reunion show with whatever in like 96, I think. Okay. And at that time, we went into a studio in Buffalo and did four songs that were written back in the real Slugfest days, but never recorded. And then we put a, a CD out on initial records with the four new songs and four old songs. And I guess at the time, which I, I knew, but I forgot about, my brother, who's the original guitarist, and Tim, the original drummer, wrote two songs. So we'll say this is 96. And then they just went into hard drive, uh, the hard drive grave. And my yeah. brother, I was like, what the fuck? So he sent them to me and they're actually really good. So I'm going to try to, in the next, when I can get to a studio after the world is normal, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do some vocals and if they come out cool, we'll put those out. So. Oh, that's fucking dope, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm really surprised. And I'm kind of like, uh, I'm kind of like a um, uh, control freak. So when my brother told me, I was like, ah, I'm not going to like these. Cause if I'm not a part of it, like it's very hard for like someone in terror to like present a terror song. And I'm like, it's perfect from start to finish. I got to right. like get my brain on it. Like, I don't know. So it's got to sit well. It's got to be right. But they were all really like, there wasn't one part in it that I was like, oh, this is bad. So I was like, yeah, that's cool. Let's, let's see if I, if I can get my vo voice to kind of sound right to a slugfest way, then then uh, hopefully it'll be good. So we'll see. 
So maybe a new Slugfest two song thing. That's fucking dope. And who would <laughs> who would do it? Bridge Nine, maybe. I don't know. I I, I want to make cross sure that bridge when you get to it. Make sure it's good first. You know, I don't want to put garbage out. Yeah, well, I don't blame you. Well, not to but blow smoke, not to blow smoke, but they ain't no garbage. So <laughs> you might drop the ball though. But not, yeah. a not at this point. No, not, not drop the ball. The ball's going into the fucking the gutter, and it's not. No one's gonna find the ball. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. So now, obviously, you you were born well. You were born up there, right, in the Buffalo area. Yep. Your first show ever was your first, your, your turning point show, hardcore well, show. Let, I'm gonna say I'm gonna give you a few answers. The first show I can remember going to was the Dead Milkmen, but that that was the phase when my brother was really into punk, and I was kind of just there because I was a tag along. All right. <laughs> I only know that one song by the Dead Milkman punk rock girl, which yeah. was filmed at Eastern State Penitentiary in Philly. My girl, well, they're from Philly, and my girl uh, used to work at Doc Martens there, and she told me they played an in, 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 in store there once at her store, so that's really cool. And I, I really do like that record, Big Lizard, in my backyard. It's a cool, cool record. But um, so let's say after that, I saw, um, I would say my first hardcore show was um, DRI, Gangrene, The Goo Goo Dolls. And one other band, but still, that's a little more crossover. If you want to go, my real first hardcore show was uh, Seven Seconds and Zero Tolerance at the River Rock in Buffalo. Is probably eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Both those shows. I think Dead Milkman was eighty-six, and then those were eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Gotcha. Fuck, man. Yeah, I, I don't. Like, people, people ask me like, what was my first? I'm not sure. Like, I really don't know. I know that 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 one suicidal leeway show was. It wasn't a hardcore show. White Zombie played it, but my first actual show, I, it was probably like, it's probably like a an early Biohazard show or a really <laughs> or like a really really early Life of Agony show before River Runs Red. Because I mean, I seen them in like '88, '89, like play in front of twelve people, like some hole in the wall shit, you know place called the crazy country club biohazard and once biohazard broke up the original drummer anthony mio created a band called new york city strength who they would only play to like friggin' eight people anyway so i used to see them all the time but so I, I really can't put my finger on like what my first real hardcore show was the one that really sticks out the most though was even though i've been to a million before that was when af recorded the last warning record at cb's December 23rd, 1992, but I was already in, like, I was already in, the only reason why I remember that is because I'm all over the layout and shit and all that, and I'm on the actual record, you hear me, so, <laughs> yeah, so that, that that one sticks out, but, I mean, I was already going to shows for like three, four years at that point, so I couldn't even tell you what my fucking first was. Hold on a minute, Hello. come on in, Marco, my girlfriend just ducked under me to get into the cab. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Listen, this is this is guerrilla podcasting while we while we're all in quarantine. It's fine. We're gonna see you, Marco. <laughs> Do you see her? I see the top of her head. She's got her hood up. She just grabbed <laughs> chips and hummus. And she's creepy crawling out of the room. That's awesome. Shit, man. Yeah. So bef before we we started recording, you're like, yeah, hey, we can talk about this, that, the other thing. Young Scott, Middle Scott, Terra, No Terra, and hip hop. What are you listening to lately? 
Can you? Can I get more coffee while we do this? Well, why are you asking me permission? Because I'm your podcast <laughs> slave right now. Oh my god! Hold on. Yeah, 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 dude. Do your thing. Uh, what I'm listening to right now, well, to be perfectly honest, I listen to mostly old, old Queensbridge hip hop, like um, Capone and Noriega, Nas, Mob Deep. Mob Deep, yeah. Daffy, all that stuff. Of but course. I got the West Side Gun hoodie on because right now Buffalo is on top of the, the world in hip hop, in my opinion. Dude, Crime like, Apple, Griselda, all yeah. that stuff is. Re- that's like the new era of like street hood mob deep shit. It's amazing. It's, so that's. that's it's so that grimy. It's proud of. Great, dude. Conway, <laughs> uh, just. Conway alone is ridiculous, bro. Just ridiculous. Just, okay. just his his whole story of you 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 said uh dope. What's his name? What's his or her name? Ozzy. <laughs> okay, black cat named Ozzy. But yeah, dude, just like Conway is ridiculous, bro. It's a, it, half its face is paralyzed from getting shot. It's just it, and it's just grimy, bro. I love that shit. It was like I had like a little bit of a moment because I had Havoc on here. I met Havoc. I heard that. I listened to that. That's amazing. Dude, I threw a Hail Mary with that one. I just, I sometimes, bro, you know how many times I hit up Mike Tyson because I want to talk to Mike Tyson? <laughs> I throw Hail Marys. I don't give a shit. So... Like his his manager or whatever got back to me, and I was like, "Yo, I would love to be have the opportunity to sit and bullshit with you." You know, no no interview, no it's not a question. I'm not interrogating nobody. Just sit and bullshit. And he was like, "All right, like give me like a week and I'll get back to you." I thought he was blowing smoke up my ass. Like two weeks later, we had a set time, date, spot. I'm sitting there and I walk in. There's a guy who looks like a lawyer. Yo, he's so little too, right? Bro, and then like we were waiting for him and and. He was. He had called his manager guy. And he was like, "Hey, I'm getting a parking spot. I'm around the block." He walked in. He was a tiny little dude, but super cool. I didn't know what to expect. I know I'd never never met the dude before. Mad fucking cool, man. Just fucking cool as shit. I was like, they're one of my faves for sure. How could they not be? I remember. I remember when the infamous dropped. Like that shit was a soundtrack all summer '94 or '95. That's all that was playing. Ridiculous. Yeah. That's my favorite era, like the the early to mid nineties, like all the Gangstar Foundation stuff, all the stuff out of Queensbridge, Black Sheep, all, sorry, all that shit. I love it. But um, one time I was um, Jedi Mind Tricks played the uh, Rock the Bells out here, and yeah. I was uh, keep sounding like this. So I was I was backstage with with Jedi Mind Tricks, and uh, I saw come out of a trailer, there's a little trailer backstages, uh, Havoc, Prodigy, and Alchemist, and I was obviously like, whoa, but I was also like, they're so little, all three of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're tiny, dude. Like, my daughter's height. Yeah, tiny. <laughs> I was I was at that same show, I was in the little trailer with um, Jedi Matrix and uh, uh, Immortal Technique came into the trailer, and they did a trade, like, he brought all his alcohol and traded it to Jedi Mind Tricks for all their water. <laughs> I was like, I'm like this awesome. Sounds like. 
That's great. Yeah, I don't like saying that shit either. Like, yeah, I was backstage. Yeah, or I, know. I, I, I don't like that shit either, but I get it. I get it. Like, name drop and nonsense. But yeah, man, that's, that's another dude. Like, shout out to Vinny Paz, man. I love that dude. And his mother is a sweetheart. And I met Vinny through Jeff Gavin, through Dundeal. It was right. weird. Like, yeah, I actually, very weird how it all happened. It's like, I started listening to the Broad Street Breakdown. And then I listened to when Gavin was talking about starting a band. And then a few episodes later, he had said that the band's name and then this and that. And then I had sent him like a friend request on Facebook or whatever. And at the time I was booking shows here in Brooklyn. So I hit him up. I'm like, yo, you know, if you ever wanted to play Brooklyn, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So right there, we formed like a friendship and then they played and then he invited me to his wedding, me and my girl to his wedding. And that's where I met Vinny. And right. it was just like, yeah, dude, it was like, dude, like, like it, it humbled me. Like you really invited me to your wedding, dude. Like that's <laughs> fucking really fucking cool. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, I don't know you like for a long time either. You know, I didn't need your address. Thought he was going to send me like done deal demos or whatever. Nah, wedding invitation. I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, so aces, like, I love all those fucking guys. And I, I met Vinny's mom that night. Who's a sweetheart? Cause she reminds me of like old school Italian, like my mother, like right. old old school. I love that shit, and it's it's very far and few between nowadays. So much respect to to Maui Paz and Vinny and all those guys. But yeah, yeah. that's another dude who, who's constantly working, grinding and grinding. Dude, it's like it seems like every six months he drops a solo record. It's retarded. I think he hates the road so much that he. I know he hates the road so. Much in the studio <laughs> yeah oh, oh that's that's public knowledge if you listen to the broad street breakdown he lets you know it's like i don't want to leave philly I, I fucking i don't want to do it no more and i get it he does it every once in a while well not now no one's doing shit now but yeah man and that's another dude constantly grinding and consistent everything he puts out is ridiculous yeah for sure amazing you know, he, amazing like even like the heavy metal king stuff that he does with ill bill i fucking love ill bill bro you, when we were um when we were recording our last record, uh, Total Retaliation, we were in the studio. And uh, a couple records ago, we had uh, Merce on it. And, and um, so I just had, and Mr. Dibbs, which was, was really cool on Always the Hard Way. So I was yeah. in the studio. And, you know, I, I text with Vinny, you know, once a week or twice a week. It's just bullshit. How are you doing? And then we probably talk shit to each other and about other people. And then yeah. that's it. And, I think I just had the idea. I was like, yo, it'd be so cool to get you on this record. Um, you know, just like an interlude if you're into it. And, you know, he's busy and yeah, uh, popular, I guess is the right word. And I think the next day he sent me two beats. He's like, pick one of them. I picked, the, I think me and Martine listened to him and we picked the one beat we liked the, the better of the two. And he just did a verse in a couple of days and sent it back to us. I was like, do you want money? What do you want? It's just like, just like nothing and just credit me like this on the record. So it just basically gave us a free Jedi mind trick song just to put yeah. out. Um, yeah. It just shows what type of person he is, you know? Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. I hit him up. I'm like, yo, at the time I was doing like drops from like different people, like right in the beginning of the episode. Like, I don't know if you're at the horror and shit, but I had like Tom Savini, you know, who Tom Savini is. Out of he, my world. All right, well, uh, I had a whole bunch of different people. You know, hey, you listen to the Brooklyn, this is so-and-so, and you're listening to the Brooklyn Blast Furnace, blah, blah, blah. 
So I hit up Vinny. I'm like, yo, can you do a drop? He's like, well, what do you want? I was like, I don't know. Like, just say shit. He's like, you want me to like cut a promo and talk shit? Or you want to? I was like, I don't care. So he sent me like this whole long thing and it was great. Like, yo, thanks, dude. Like, no problem. Anything you need, I'm here. Just hit me up. No problem. Aces of all those guys. Philly's my second favorite city next to New York. And I'm biased because I'm born and raised here. But out of all the places I've been, out of all the places I've been, Philly's Philly's like my favorite. It's like but, a less populated new york i guess yeah but you know and you know what it is i don't know maybe it's it i mean it's like the whole hardcore i mean yeah the city itself is cool but like i mean like the whole hardcore community and scene in philly is just it's just it's just great and and as far as i'm concerned i mean it could be more if i lived there or if i was like within that scene like i mean like it doesn't seem like there's there's too much drama there's no nonsense you know what i mean like I never saw a fight in in six years in a row of that. This is hardcore. Amen. Right. Well, there was there was one that didn't that didn't even become a fight. Maximum. Pe- I, you guys might have played that night. It was the Thursday. It was a Thursday night. A couple of years back, I think you guys played transfer. Maximum Mad penalty. Mad Mad Bull, maximum yeah. maximum penalty yeah. played earlier, and there was, was the. There. Pitch- you were there. Vinny was there on stage, and he yeah. was drunk as fuck by the end of the night, I remember. Nice. Yeah. But there was two guys that, like, grabbed each other or something, and Joe saw it from the stage, and it didn't even come to blows yet. Joe was off that stage and across that club, yoked up and dragged somebody out within 20 <laughs> seconds. Within 20, I was like, that's how it gets done. There's no, there's no bullshit going down here. Fucking great. All right, so I want to give you my um, non-horror-loving list of horror movies I love. Okay? Talk, I'm all in. Because I am all about horror movies. I'm going to give you old ones, and then I'm going to give you new ones. And I'll say this, and this might offend you and your horror fan base. I don't get offended by anything, Scott. horror movies are bad. True. Old ones, this isn't an order, this is off the top of my head. All right. The Shining's amazing. Amazing. First two uh, Friday the 13th are amazing. Okay, I could go into that very deep, but go on. <laughs> uh, do you know this movie? Um, um, Probably. What's what, what the movie when these two preppy kids with white gloves ring the doorbell and they add is Tim Roth? And and Nicole Kidman and they ask her for stuff and then they come to their house and tie him up and shit like that. Tim Roth, so about Mister yeah. Mr. Orange. Um, yes. I can't believe you don't know this. Not four rooms. No, 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 no. I'd look at my phone if I could. Um, it's an Australian movie and they did a remake of it. Really? It's, you gotta watch it tonight. It's fucking amazing. I don't know who else. Tim, Tim Roth and who? Uh, Nicole Kidman, I'm pretty sure, is the female lead bro. I don't know if it's a horror. Yeah. I don't know the definition, but it's an ultra suspenseful, disgusting, crazy movie. Grace of Monaco? No. Um, I don't know. You got me. I'm shocked. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'll keep um I'll keep giving you some. Um, All right. 
Wow, curveball from Scott Vogel. Bad. I used to like trip off that part in that movie Scan- uh, Scanners, I think it's called, when that ball comes with the thing. That's Phantasm. Okay, that one. Or Scanners, a uh, news guy's head blows up. Yes, that's crazy. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy from back in the day. Ooh, so you know Phantasm what? is the ball. I went to see um, American Werewolf in London in the theater with my mom when I was Great. like, do you have any idea what year that came out? 80, I want to say 81. Okay, so I'm like eight. My mom, yeah. she, she took me. I can't remember if my sisters were there, but she pulled it. She's like, we're getting out of here. It was too Bro, much. It, it, that movie is insane. Even still to this day, that whole transformation scene where he turns into the werewolf initially oh. is ridiculous because it's yeah. all practical effects. It's not, There's no CGI. There's nothing. That's That's like... It's crazy. Like he's like in a hole in the ground and, and the whole suit. And the, it's crazy. The work that I, I get into all this shit, bro. I love that old 80 slasher shit. When the guy wakes up from the dream and opens the curtains and then some dude stabbing him or something. Yeah. That's a dream sequence where he's, yeah, there's like these crazy. Dreaming, like, but still dreaming. Yes. Okay. Now we'll go more modern. All right. The strangers or stranger with those people ring the doorbell. That's Strange. scary. That movie actually scared me. Okay. Oh, okay. It's first. good. It is. Uh, the last two current it's the Stephen King. Yes. I kind of like those. I was n- I I thought the the initial the first remake of it was great. I was not really a fan of it too. I was scared, man. That shit scared me. Um. <laughs> what else? Uh. You know what? You know what are really good? What are actually really good? Watch the first two Conjurings. Mm. Watch the Conjuring and the Conjuring Two. They, you know what? What it is about them? They're very, very well acted, and they're loosely based on true shit. Martine and Terror love horror movies, and he, he's like, uh, he like likes them all for the most part. Like probably ninety percent of the time. A lot of times with Tara, we'll, if we have a day off, we'll go to the movies. And sometimes he'll go off on his own to see a horror movie. And I'll be like, yeah. I don't want that. And he always likes it. But I'm the opposite. I try to watch these things and they're. They uh, fuck with you. I just say they're not for me. I can't believe right. you don't, don't know that movie. Yeah, Tim, Tim Roth and Nicole Kidman together is not ringing a bell. No, it's, it's these two like really preppy kids, like tennis rich kids. They come over to their house to, this might be wrong. They come over to ask to borrow milk and they get pissed off. But I think their plan was the whole time to do like a home invasion and they tie them up and it gets, it gets really crazy. It's really disturbing. I'm looking, it's like, I'm looking at Tim Roth movies. And he's not in there? I'm almost positive it's Tim Roth. Well, well, Tim Roth movies, the the only one with Tim Roth and Nicole Kidman is a movie called Grace of Monaco. But then you have like Made in Britain, Planet of the Apes, Four Rooms, Reservoir Dogs, Hateful Eight, Pulp Fiction, Gridlocked. What year, what year was this? Around. 80s, early 90s? Oof. Wow. I don't know, dude. You fucking threw me a curveball. Can I, can, if I X out the video, will we still be able to talk? 
I don't know. Don't do that though. <laughs> don't don't do that. We we got a good thing going here. I've had technical difficulties with videos before. We'll it's figure it out. Someone someone who's listening or watching is screaming at us right now. It's also an Australian. It was originally an Australian movie, so it's a remake. Well, it's well, a good fucking movie. If I have the actor, I, I definitely don't have the name, and if I have the actors wrong, but it's pretty good. All right, I'll try to figure out what you're talking about and watch it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, I mean, I grew up on all that shit. Like, I go to horror conventions all the time. Yeah, I have like, I have like books. Yeah, and yeah, without a doubt, it's it's definitely ridiculous. But Ooh, Friday the Thirteenth, too. Nightmare on Elm Street, one, one for sure, maybe two. Two, one, two, and three, and then after that, too, too, too many one-liners. I don't want that much comedy in my horrors, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had a dream fest with my girlfriend this Halloween. We watched a bunch of them. Yeah. Is that watched, or is that comedy? Who? Friday of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. It's a it's it's considered horror, I guess, but no, 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 no. Uh scream. The first, yeah, screen. The first scream was great, especially when it first came out. Um, I guess you would say it's a horror movie, but it's very campy. You know what I mean? It's not like it's crazy, like mainstream. Yeah, it's like mainstream campy horror movie, but it was good. It was definitely good. Friday the Thirteenth. I'm a Jason guy. <laughs> it sounds so stupid, but I'm a Jason guy. For, like the final chapter is my favorite. But I've met like all these people. Like I'll go and. And spend money and get like eight by ten signed by them and take a picture. I have like photo albums that are worth thousands of dollars just because why the fuck not? Is it Clockwork Orange a horror movie? No, but it, I, I think like if you categorize it, no. But there's a lot of fucking horrific things in that movie, so maybe. They like I'll take like that and like Cape Fear like that. Vibe. Oh sure, it's more of a th I guess you would say a thriller, suspenseful. Right. Yeah, I'm yeah. more into that. That's what I think that movie I'm trying to, that I made up that doesn't really exist. That's a, right. It's a it's <laughs> right. but yeah. there's some flashing in it. But I guess Cape Fear, there's some cheek biting and. Well, De Niro's a maniac in that movie. Sure, man. Breaks her fucking shoulder and bites her cheek. Fucked yeah. up. That's, <laughs> that's horror, you know? Like a Clockwork Orange, I mean, we're talking Stanley Kubrick, so that's a whole different level. You know what I mean? Kubrick is. I mean, look at The Shining. Did you ever see the movie Room 237? That's like The Shining. It's like the making of. Yeah. 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 I think they go a little bit too crazy, but some of it is like, holy like, shit. Conspiracy theories are so deep. Yeah, some of it's a little too wonky, but some of it is like, all right, I, I get that. Yeah. Crazy movie. Yeah, I, I, I love all that shit. I grew up on that shit. It was like, I was like six years old or seven years old by myself in the Canarsie movie theater in Brooklyn. And I saw this movie called Madman in 1981. Like I've been in ever since. I saw Helter Skelter, the Charles Manson movie on TV. And that was like, holy shit. Like I saw like the, the ad and the old TV guide. And I knew nothing about this guy. He's some dirty hippie crime of the century. I was like, something about this. I feel like I need to watch it. I'm like this little kid, little kid. <laughs> six or seven years old watching Helter Skelter and then that was basically what sent me off on this whole horror nonsense silly in, shit in the horror world 
Is The Strangers considered a good movie? Probably not. Damn, that just had me scared, man. But maybe, I mean, maybe, I mean, it, it probably, I mean, I don't know, it's probably not terrible, but you know, it's, it's, I guess it might be up there, but it's not a classic. All right, well, it wow. scared me, and that's, I guess that's what it takes. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, not a horror guy, but it's all right, man. It's all right. I can't fault you for that, buddy. <laughs> Shit. So now, what I'm going to do right now, this is the only thing that I actually wrote down. It's going to be cheesy, but I did this with the guys from Sick of It All on the 50th episode, all right? And I, and I know that you guys, there's the staples in your set list that are always there. Like, you know, you know, spit my rage, overcome, push it away, keep it to the fate, you know. So without those, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to put in my request. Okay. All right. So for the next time you play New York, or if you play this as hardcore, this is what I want you to play. <laughs> is right? this a whole set or just you want? It's, it's, well, it's, it's a set, but I mean, how many songs average on a headlining set do you play? 14, I don't know, 15, right. 14, 13. All right, well, here, well, this is, I think, 16 songs. Can I interrupt you real quick? Of course you can. One time we're on tour with Madball. This is back in, like, 2000 and, uh, let's say, eight. And we're playing a show in Houston. And uh, I think we were partying pretty hard. And I got Freddie and Hoya to agree to let me write the set list the show and i was like i'm gonna put crazy songs in there I'm like yeah we're gonna do it deep cuts i take the time i write it all out i don't know if they're just fucking with me but basically they threw it in the garbage and played their phone set of course they did <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did this with the sick of it all guys and they all looked at me like lou is like i hate that song i don't even know the words to that song i don't remember how to play that song that song sucks i sound terrible so uh, it's funny because yeah they're like i forgot about that song what album is that throw yeah. them at me and i'll let you know what i think all right well some of them you do do live but they're not necessarily always staples some of them are deep cuts that i've never seen you do live okay all right well it's mostly a staple but stick tight which is one of my favorites ever that's stick tight okay you do it sometimes, live by the code, which... Jor Jordan always pushes for that one. Uh, doesn't always get the best crowd response. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Whoa, for real? I don't think... I've seen that. I've seen that tattoo. I didn't know that was you. That's me. Very fucking cool. Yeah, dude. Um, better off without you? I There's a good chance that's going to be happening. I really want that to happen. Awesome. Keep your mouth shut. Every show we play that. Every show? Absolutely. That's a staple? Is it really? All right. All for Revenge. Huh. Well, that's the first song on Always the Hard Way, right? Barco, yeah. what's up? What's your favorite terror song? <laughs> she said, stop. I don't like terror. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the first song on Always the Hard Way? Yeah. Uh, I think we played it when that the record came out maybe a good idea it's really fast it is cool song cool song yeah um another one off of a record that you you seem like you you ignore it bro i think that you should throw a voice at a damn first song off the damn and ashamed yeah man <laughs> uh, 
on that record, oh. Betrayer is the only song we play sometimes, which is a great song. And it is. Uh, Let Me Sink on that record. That that would be a cool let, song. Let, 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 let me continue my set list here. Okay. We'll get to things. Defiant. I would say that's never going to happen. The, the voice, what, of voice of Dan? No? Defiant is from Keepers of the Faith? Yeah. Uh, is that the last song? One of the last songs, like the second to last, second or third I have to, to last. To listen to it, don't I? Don't fully remember it. I think it's like kind of slow and heavy with a groove. Yes, shake okay. your ass to that song. <laughs> I'd have to listen to it again. Less than zero. Great song. Great. Yeah. Love to that. Uh, the breakdown. Uh, pick yourself back. Da 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 da. da. If, you, if anyone listens to the old Buffalo band Zero Tolerance, they have a song called uh, Trapped in a World. Okay. Um, I remember showing that song to Todd Jones and saying, rip this part off, and he ripped it off perfectly. So that's where awesome. that's a great song. Great lyrics. Yeah. Too. Here's one that I've never seen you do live, but I love it. And I think you need your guest vocalist on it, too, just to complete it so Eddie. close to the feet. Yeah, we did it with Eddie once in uh, Long Island, actually. Really? That must yeah. have been way back. Yeah, we, it was really cool. And it was really cool to get him to the studio. Um, me and Nick, they, uh, Leeway was playing shows with um, Bad Brains two nights in a row in New York. And me and we were doing the, the recording up in uh, Zeus's studio in Massachusetts. Me and Nick drove down, went to the show, drove Eddie back. He did the vocals, and then he took a bus home. It was really cool. And yeah. I didn't know him at the time. It was just, we love Leeway. Uh, oh, Gordon Spires, top five, maybe top, top 10, maybe top five favorite. Yeah. I like all, all four of their records I love. They're all so different, but I love all four of those records. Yeah. Great uh, band. Born to Expire to me is like oh. perfect. From art was, to lyrics to music to recording, it's just a perfect record. Bro, like that song, Self-Defense, it's the song about Bernie Getz. It's like, is it fair to sew a hole in my side because someone else has a knee? Bro, it's, it's hard, bro. So, yeah. Um, that new shit's pretty good, too, they put yeah, out. Recently. dude. Fuck yeah. You got Dan Nastassi with, with them from, like, Old Monkey Pup and Dog, Dog and shit. Good shit, man. All right, here's a song I never saw you guys do. Actually, it's T-T-I-H, but the thing I hate. Oh. Hard. I don't know what you're talking about, but I don't remember it at all. There's no fast part in it, right? No. Yeah. It's fucking hard. Bro, it stops, and it's got the crazy breakdown. I'd have to hear it again. Oh, it's so fucking good. Um, You do it sometimes, but not that often, but the song Always the Hard Way. We play that. Uh, I'd hate. All right. That song does really, I was going to, that song does really, really, really good in Europe. That's one of our songs that gets the best, biggest responses in Europe. Yeah. Uh, we actually did it in the U.S. Uh, sometimes people from other bands are like, can you please play it? And I'm pleasantly surprised. So maybe it, it, come to Europe. You'll definitely see it over here. Maybe we'll play it a little more. Right. And then back to Let Me Sink. Cool song. Cool. The most high. Don't like it. I think that was a big mistake for Tara to put that as track one on that that record, Live by the Code. Really? Uh, something about that song doesn't 
sit well with me. <laughs> you missed um, the one that I think you should say. I'm going to wait till you're done. Well, I have three more. Okay. You do it. You, you, like one of the last times I saw you guys, you did it. You might do it often, but the solution, hard. That's a, that's a sometimer, but it's a great song. Oh, uh, fucking. You sound like you're possessed, and that's all. <laughs> Violent solving everything. The way you say everything, it's like Jesus Christ. The, the lyrics are serious in that one. Yeah, I like yeah. that song. The song "Mental Demolition." We play that almost all the time now. Now, and then I'm gonna throw in since this, since it would be the last song. Figure I had it in my head as like an encore. It would be. <laughs> it we would be these more. We were so great. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to say that you close out with your cover of Boxed In, Sub-Zero. Ooh. Odd. Yeah, I don't think we've ever played it live. We recorded that in Germany, actually. Really? Yeah. So yeah. good. They're, they're putting out some new shit. Yeah, I saw that. That's really cool. The yeah. song you didn't say that I would say is um, Strike You Down. Oh, always the hard. Fucking boss. Any of those. Last of the diehards. We have too many fucking records. I'm sure sick of it all. Said they have too many fucking records. When, oh, when yeah. yeah. Hell to pay. Fucking, yeah. All those. There's so many, but this was like off the top of my head. Like, all right, let me just throw a few in there that yeah. I know that you don't play. Like, you need to go back and listen to the thing I hate. It's fucking retarded. I will. You should, you should add that in there. <laughs> I, I want to hear Defiant, too, because I remember really liking that when the record came out. Yeah, it starts out on purpose like you have it really low it sounds like it's far away it's really low and then it kicks in to define yeah oh yeah i remember it's like the drum yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I like that song it's towards the end of of keep us in a faith i believe cool yeah i mean i gotta admit i don't spend much time listening to terror I, I i'm sure, I'm sure you're not. that's you think i sit back and listen to 150 something episodes of me talking i don't you know well, good shit, man. Well, what else? What I mean, obviously, I was gonna say, well, what do you have coming up? But what the fuck? Nobody knows anything that's going on. I got this coming up. I can't. Can you see my TV there? I do. I see that. You have, nice, you have nice plants in your living room, Scott. Oh, my girlfriend loves it. She she found a place that will deliver plants here during this insanity. So we actually got a couple of new ones. We got this one right here on the table that needs to be on. The, needs a hook on the ceiling so we got a lot of plants here that's good i'm not mad at that <laughs> makes me feel good nice well good shit man listen i'm glad we got to do this yeah me too and for everyone who's listening or watching this um when 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 all this shit settles down and there's shows again and there's time we'll sit down and we'll do a normal face-to-face -face and we'll bullshit about whatever the fuck else we want to talk about Sound like a plan? Best Will Ferrell movies? Best Will Ferrell movies. All right. Um, old school? I mean, you really can't go wrong. Oh, you, you, can't, you can't go wrong. Um, old school is hysterical. That's the one with towards the end he's screaming for the meatloaf, right? Uh, give me the meat. No, that's um, Wedding Crashers. Wedding Crashers, that's right. Fucking hysterical. Yeah, I look at him and, you know, you, you were saying that, you know, you watch a lot. Do you watch, like, stand-up comedy and shit at all? Or no, that's not your thing. 
Nah, I mean, I, I'll watch all the Dave Chappelle things and uh, Bill Burr I like. And, oh, my God. His last special, Paper Tiger, is fucking genius. Insane. And uh, Joe Rogan sometimes, but I'm not really a comedy guy. Right. Sebastian Maniscalco? Never even heard that name before. Really? Oh, he's Italian. He's so fucking funny, dude. He's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. He just abuses things that people do. It's 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 very obvious that he just hates everything. He's fucking oh. dude. L- Louis C.K. is funny as fuck too. Holy oh, shit! Without a doubt, he's re- very dry, very simple, but brilliant, dude. Fucking brilliant. I'm a George Carlin guy. I'm a huge Carlin. Kicking it old school. Kicking it old school. Yeah. Say you know. Wow. Yeah, we're calling Wow. Now. I'm not talking about the tattoo. I'm talking about that gun under there. Oh, get the <laughs> fuck out of here, man. On that fucking note. <laughs> that gun. All right. Yeah, on that note, um, on the audio version of this, um, do you mind if I tack on a song? No, whatever. Any any terror song? Will you want to pick a specific terror song that we'll end with? Play one of those weird ones that I don't know. <laughs> a weird one that you don't know you know what then I'll, go ahead put Define on there because I know I like that one alright I'll put, I'll put Define on there you got it well cool man listen stay safe you and your girl stay safe and we'll definitely be in touch and uh, yeah man keep doing you I miss your band I can't wait to see you guys live again and we'll yeah. talk soon my man thank, thank you, you for your time bro and thank you for downloading and figuring out Skype just for little old me I hope everybody's safe and healthy. So, same here. All right. We're going to cook some salmon here. Have a good night. Cook some salmon, my man. Much respect, Scott. Bye. Later. Take fire and every word I say. Every move I make, stand in my way. Take fire and every word I say. Every move I make, stand in my way. Take fire.